dumb to definitely not funny. Actually the least funny person I know. <laughs> Hello everyone. Welcome back to Definitely Not Funny. I am your host, Jackie Norris, and today we are joined by not one, but two very special guests, Jordan Granger and Autumn Webb, who are the co-hosts of the Still No Plan podcast, which you should definitely listen to. And I have an episode with them tomorrow, and obviously it'll be the best episode ever. So 10 out of 10 recommend. But yeah, I could get into like what the episode's about, yada, yada, yada. But or you could just listen to the episode and just trust me that I'm not going to give you something that isn't amazing. And Jordan and Autumn came to deliver. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Granger and Autumn Webb. Welcome, Jordan and Autumn. So excited to have you both here. This is like cool for me. I just them. And so we're doing a swap, which I guess is the formal term in the podcasting world. Yeah, guys, I'm getting fucking formal with it. So I figured we'd just start off with a little bit of like elevator pitch of where you've both been kind of post-COVID graduation, just to like lay out for anyone listening, like who you are, where you've been, where you moved to, whatever. Perfect. Does that make sense? Yeah. What do you pick it up? (laughs) Um, Okay. So I... We all graduated together in 2020 and I corn and this is Jordan. Oh yes. Hi, I'm Jordan Granger. (laughs) And, um, I went to college. I was a pie fi with autumn and yeah, graduated in quarantine and lived in Hawaii for a little bit with my sister and her fiance because of quarantine. But when I started my job at Microsoft, I moved up to Seattle and a few months later, my boyfriend moved up with me. So we live together. Um, we have a dog. She's a year and a half old Great Dane. And we got her because of COVID. And we're both just working up here, living up here. It's really great. I work in Xbox marketing now, which is, I think, personally is like the sexiest part of Microsoft. So that's I'm a cool. big fan of yeah. that. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's what I've been That gives to. you such an edge. I know, like compared to like, oh, I work on like I'm like, no, people like Xbox. Like, I will say I work at Xbox and not say Microsoft. But yeah, I'm at Xbox. (laughs) That's great. Autumn, what about you? Yeah, I also graduated in 2020 in quarantine. I was living at home with my parents. And then I got a job offer for operations in Amazon in San Diego for like two weeks later. So I just moved with random people that I'd never met before on Facebook roommates to San Diego. And I worked at Amazon for like a year and a half, fucking hated it, so depressing, awful. I was also doing long distance with my boyfriend at the time. He was in Arizona. And um, yeah, so now I'm working at Petco. I do merchandising at Petco. It's way more fun. It's really cool. And I live in La Jolla with my new roommates, one from high school. And yeah, I feel like it was a weird depressing anxiety thing to graduate all of 2020 and 2021 sucked but 2022 is like everything Mm -hmm. is clicking I feel like good and happy and it's been a journey that's awesome oh I love that and then you guys started your podcast still no plan and I'd love to hear a little bit more about like what was the inspiration behind it why would why did you create it and how has it been so far doing it Yeah. So we both kind of like got inspired in 2022, like Autumn was saying, just kind of in general, we knew we wanted to do something. I had taken a break from drinking. And so I had all this like time and energy on my hands and Autumn was just feeling energized, like entrepreneur. Both of us had resolutions of like, let's start something entrepreneurial in 2022. And actually, you had an episode talking about New Year's resolutions, and you were talking about how people always shit on resolutions. But you were like, I think it's great if you do something for three months at at all and Mm -hmm. still keep it up. And that actually inspired me to make New Year's resolutions. And I've so far kept all of them. So thank you for that. Shut up. Um, (laughs) That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. No, No, it it totally was. I haven't kept mine. All of my resolutions (laughs) were because of you, and I've kept all of them. So thank you. Um, that makes me so happy. But yeah, so we were just talking and Autumn and I would like catch up all the time and call each other and vent about our futures and what how work is going and kind of like bounce ideas off of each other on like how we can get our shit together. And we realized that like 
a lot of people were feeling the same way we were and we might as well just like record these conversations and like put them on the internet so that's kind of how it started yeah I think also a big part of it was that me and Jordan were the only two in our friend group to kind of separate off from our USC friend group like a lot of them are in LA or SF and we were the only ones to kind of move back to where we're from and like didn't have really strong core communities which yep. you said that word in your podcast I was like that's the fucking word like I have friends but we both felt like yeah. we were lacking community and so we wanted to start a podcast to try to like build something if, if you don't have it if you can't find it like just fucking make it so that's a big part of it too was lack of community that's that's amazing. Those are all very similar reasons to why I started mine, actually. <laughs> so I feel like we're on the same page. And it actually goes literally right into my next question, which is I wanted to talk about the transition from like college having a really strong community to then feeling this lack of community. And how have you both sort of coped with that and found skills or found new communities? And if you haven't, that's a great answer too, because I haven't. (laughs) I'm still really struggling with that. But for a while, I thought that it was that I was like mourning the loss of friendships. But then when I thought about it individually, I have a lot of friendships that I nurture and that I love these people and they're strong, good connections. And so that I was like wrongly mourning loss of friendship when it wasn't really that. It was more the loss of community. And when I listened to your podcast, it really clicked. That's what it actually was. And so I don't know, I haven't really found one in San Diego. I'm like, have my roommates and that's great. But I'm really trying to, like you were saying earlier about how like you were flying home a lot. So that made it hard to like build a community in LA. Like me and my boyfriend lives in Oceanside, which is like 45 minutes from San Diego. So I like go there a lot. And I feel like me not being here makes it hard for me to build community. So we actually made a schedule of when we're going to hang That's out so smart. So that we have dedicated time. So like I have a full weekend twice a month in La Jolla by myself where I can make friends and like spend time doing that. So I made goals this month to like go to dance classes and like talk to people that I ice skate with so I can actually make friends that like to have the same hobbies as me and like have a core group. And I'm going back to the office. So we're doing like happy hours with coworkers. I feel like I'm kind of developing that sense of community, which is good. So I'm still pretty like low on the totem pole for like where my community is at, but I, it's really, I am truly working <laughs> yeah. on it. And I've been saying I'm working on it for like ever, but this month I've really like taken action. I feel like. That's so awesome. And I want to talk more about later the like schedule with your boyfriend. I think that's so, <laughs> so smart. I think it's really smart. So married. Honestly, no, I totally feel that. What about you, Jordan? Yeah, so I feel like similarly, I was misplacing my understanding of like the feelings of loneliness after college to being no friends. And in order to replace that, I was, I found a community, which I think is very common with people our age through drinking and like partying. And so I I have like, I, I actually was like born in Seattle. And so I have some like lifelong childhood friends up here. Um, and I kind of assimilated into their group and we'd go out and like, that was my like community time was like Friday night, like partying. And mm-hmm. it was making me really unhappy. Um, and I think I was just bringing things that I actually didn't like. That was one of the things I didn't like about college. I've learned about myself in the past few months, um, was the party scene. And I was just like, I was just misplacing my energy and like putting it into this. And so, like I said, in January, I decided to take my break from drinking and there was this feeling of loss, but it was also kind of like a reframe. Like I felt like my life was going through a reframe and I've been trying to better find like that feeling of community and like more positive, productive and like accurate ways, because I don't necessarily think drinking is a a form of community. And one of the things that I've been doing, like Autumn was saying is like workout classes, but specifically like going to things consistently. So like I actually, which we can get into this, I live with my boyfriend at my parents' house because they're gone like six months out of the year. So I live on like in a suburb and there's like a little downtown and so if I'm consistently going to like my smoothie shop and consistently going to like the same workout classes, I'm meeting the instructors, I'm knowing some of the faces that are coming in. Like I definitely have felt, even though I'm not like 
socializing necessarily while doing those activities, I feel like a sense of community and that like support system that I think we misplaced to be like friendship, but it's more like community building. And so that's kind of what I've been doing recently because I'm not drinking is like a lot of like farmer's markets and coffee shops and workout classes. And I've been finding community that way. And then living with my boyfriend like helps because I kind of have like a little mini family that's like a nuclear family with me all the time. And so that helps as well. (laughs) I think that consistency thing is such a great point is just the like doing things and like seeing the same people. And I think that actually is, I have never, I haven't thought about Mm -hmm. that, but I think that's such a great way to kind of think about that. Um, I'd love to go more into your like relationship with alcohol and experience with drinking. I know Jordan, you've been vocal about it. Autumn, I honestly have no idea what your <laughs> like relationship is on the, <laughs> on the topic. Who knows? We'll find out. Ooh, surprising for everyone. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I know you guys had Millie Gooch on, um, who's the author of Sober Girl Society. And I definitely want to read it. That was so cool and such a great interview. Uh, my listeners know I famously don't drink or haven't drank. I actually famously. do drink now, guys, but that's a different episode. Um, <laughs> ooh, spoiler alert. Okay. But <laughs> I would love to kind of go go more into like both of your like relationships with alcohol, how that journey has been for both of you. I know, Jordan, you touched upon it with just like the sense of community and party friends and things like that. But what you noticed from going, from transitioning from like a really – had alcohol centric lifestyle to one that didn't have alcohol in it. And then, and where you sort of stand now, now that I, I presume, I feel like you've completed your hundred days sober mm-hmm. and kind of where you stand with that. Yeah. So if that makes sense, I would say, and I did t- just touch on this, but the, like, I hated looking back now, I hated drinking. <laughs> like I love drinking, but I hated it. It was like a very toxic relationship. I knew I hated the person I became when I was drinking But I also knew that in college drinking was giving me the community and the friendships that I so desperately needed. And like, we touch on this in um, our episode interviewing you, but you talked about how you didn't have a ton of friends in college. And so your limit, your like access to alcohol was limited because you weren't like, no, in high school, in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) You were very social in college. (laughs) In high school, but I was the same way. And like, I had no, I did not have solid friendships in high school. And so drinking opportunities were few and far between. And then I came to college and it was like the two things like friends and social outings were synonymous with getting fucking hammered. And it wasn't like, oh, we're going to go and like have a drink. Like we are going to get as drunk as we possibly fucking can. And if you're someone like me who has no personal boundaries, is completely impulsive because I have ADHD and has full-on extreme depression to the point where I cared none about my personal health or well-being and like just did not give a single shit about myself you drink way too much in that environment and so I mean everyone knows I was a huge party girl in college like and looking back on it I'm really it's kind of heartbreaking to me now because I think there's so many people who I met in college that I absolutely adore that I don't get to have like a better relationship with not because like not not like oh because I was like drinking and ruining friendships but because I feel like I didn't let anyone get to know me for real like I just was always drunk all the time and so people just like knew me as like oh it's Jordan the party girl like she'll come and have a great time and then like leave and like that's it um yeah So that is like one of the things that I look back on and I'm like, that fucking sucks. Like, I wish I had some more quality time with other people. Um, But yeah, so then I graduated. And like I said, I kind of misplaced my loneliness with like, oh, it's I need that party drinking culture because that's what was bringing me the community. So I kept that up after college. And that's where like, I mean, obviously, throughout four years of college, like I grew a lot and like my drinking habits had changed and it wasn't like freshman year. I was like freshman year. I was like blacking out every single weekend. Like that was not the same thing senior year. And that was definitely not the same thing once I graduated college. So like on paper, I was like, I'm getting better and like these things, but like things like my mental health and my self pride and self confidence weren't getting better. And so at the beginning of this year, I was like, I need to make a change. And I don't want to talk to anyone else about it. I'm not going to tell anyone until I do it. 
because I need to know it's my 100% decision. It wasn't based on anything. Nothing went wrong. I just was like, I'm fucking over this. I cannot keep acting like this or not, not even acting like this. I cannot keep feeling this way. And so I decided to do, I read a book called Sober Curious and I was like, this is exactly how I feel. It's like not about being fully sober. It's about the like definition of it is like constantly questioning why you're drinking and making sure that if you are drinking, it's like for the exact right reasons. It's not like for a desire for isolation or to not be isolated. It's not like to numb any pain. It's like, because you want to have a drink and you want to feel that drink yes. feeling. Um, and so I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want. So she does a hundred day sober reset. And I was like, perfect. I want, knew I wanted to do more than a month. Dry January is not enough time to reevaluate your relationship with alcohol because you can change your habits for 30 days and you'll be fine. Like you could be vegan for 30 days yeah. and it would be totally fine. Like you could completely change your life and just go back to normal. Um, and so I was like a hundred days sounds like the perfect amount of time did the hundred days didn't drink at all. And it was definitely like a big time of just kind of switching my life around. Like I had built my life around alcohol in a way that I think is really common for people our age. It wasn't like dangerous or reckless. It was just like, that's what our friends do. And that's the people I was hanging out with. And so I would go yeah. to happy hours twice a week and then go out once a week. Like that was kind of my habit. People always want to be like, oh, you must have been like fucking crazy. I was like, no, I wasn't. Like I was honestly like, just like you, <laughs> like just like so many people <laughs> our age. And it's fine. The difference is how I was feeling about it personally. And it's like, that's why I'm like, I can never diagnose anyone with anything because it's like, are you fucking miserable with your drinking? Then take a break. Like <laughs> that's what the diagnosis is. But I took this time to like really reevaluate and now I'm past the hundred days. Um, but I still feel like I'm mentally not in a place where I like feel strong enough to not just kind of go back into the habits of like numbing or anything like that. So I, I do have a lot of mental health work I want to do. I have, I mean, it's more flexible. Like I have a drink here or there, but honestly, I don't really care about it. I feel like our stories are very opposite. Like to me, it's like, I'm just like done with it. And I, it doesn't add anything to me. The stress of it just kind of takes away from me. Um, and it's just like, I, I don't know. It feels like I like a, a lot of books talk about it as like a, a toxic ex. And that's very much how it feels to me. Like, it feels like, yeah, I could let it back oh. into my life and it would be fun to like get drunk. But like, do I want to? No, like I have really no desire to. So now I'm kind of at the point where I'm doing what I want and what I want is to not continue drinking. So no really hard rules, but most of the time I just don't want to drink. So I don't drink. So that's kind of where I am now. <laughs> I get that. And I'm I'm actually curious. This might be like a ridiculous question. Um, this is just, <laughs> I don't really know how alcohol works. No, that's fine. Like, did you feel like your tolerance went down so you feel one drink more now than you would have before? Honestly, no. And I thought it would. But huh. I really, I don't feel one drink. Like one drink doesn't really do much to me. And so I think yep. that's kind of part of the reason I don't really care to drink because I would maybe have one or two drinks, but like I don't. And I think it part of it is because I just was a binge drinker for so long. Like I, we, we got so drunk yeah. so often for so many years that it's like two drinks doesn't really matter to me. So whether that's a margarita or a fucking limeade with jalapenos in it, like it's the same energy. And so I would rather just like not put the toxic chemical in my body and like have the yeah. limeade with jalapenos. So that's kind of how I've been treating it now. I think maybe if I felt a single drink more, it would be different. But like, I, I personally don't really feel like a drink. <laughs> yeah. I feel like also the psychosomatic thing that we were talking about earlier is so strong. Like you can have a mocktail. I can convince myself oh, sure. that I feel buzzed off a kombucha, a regular kombucha. Yes. I'm like, I'm yeah. a buzzed right now. <laughs> Just have like 0.5% alcohol content. So I think you can also like train, like Jordan came to visit me during a hundred days and she was like, I still like the feeling of like having a drink after work. So we would like got non-alcoholic kombuchas yeah. and went to the beach and like watched the sunset. And I was like, I kind of buzzed like, but I think it's just because you're like happy and like feeling relaxing, like taking off the stress of work. So I feel like it's also just what you make of it. Like a mocktail can be the same thing as one for drink. sure. And I think you're kind of right. Like one drink is not going to do that much yeah, for you. So exactly. Like, and I like, yeah. I'm a huge non-alcoholic beer fan. 
because a beer has the same energy. <laughs> and so I like, like Kyle have a beer and I'll have a non-alcoholic beer and I'll be like, I can't drive. Like, like, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh no, this is fucking fake. But you can like trick your body into that like first level buzz. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally feel that. I definitely did that for years. <laughs> Oh, that makes that makes total sense. I had a question that came up, but my brain farted. <laughs> well, I can say my relationship yeah. with drinking. Autumn, go 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 go, and if I remember, I'll come. I can tell my story. Yeah. So I have a similar background. I mean, I was partying a lot more in high school than YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I had I I had more friends and more access to alcohol in high school, so I was drinking but I wasn't drinking as much obviously it's like probably once a weekend but that's still a lot for a high it school kid honestly yeah. so I was drinking once a weekend my like senior year more so and um then in college I was the same way like party girl but actually I had a weird break from being a party girl second semester of freshman year because I convinced myself that I like gained all this weight from drinking and like huh. developed this weird like I need to go to the gym for an hour I need to eat a certain way like and so for a lot of second semester of freshman year, I also got like mono. So I was like really sick from that. And then I was forcing myself. I'd rather, I was like going to the gym instead of going out with people. And so for a little bit of second semester, that was like a weird, I wasn't drinking thing, which was probably like more unhealthy than me just drinking with everyone yeah. else. And um, then I continued drinking junior, senior year. And when COVID hit and I went home, I, I think a lot of people like, drank a lot during quarantine because there was like nothing to do but I was kind of quarantining like half with my boyfriend's family and half with mine because we live like down the street from each other and um we like together don't really drink a lot like we don't when we go on dates we're not like buying drinks and stuff like that so with him we weren't drinking like at all I think I got drunk once during quarantine because we had like friends in town that we drank with and then I went to stay with Jordan for a little while. And so that month that I was with her, we were drinking. But outside of like, I don't know, I I think I got drunk like a few times during quarantine, but I was mostly sober for those like six to seven months. And then when I started working full time, I didn't have any friends in San Diego and I was super fucking depressed. So I didn't do anything. Like my fun on the weekend was going to Target to spend like $300. (laughs) That is fun. That was my idea (laughs) of fun. (laughs) And so I wasn't drinking at all unless I was going to visit my boyfriend because he was still in school. So unless I was going to ASU to visit them, that was the only time I was really drinking. And then this year when I moved in with my new roommates and I did a triathlon this year in April. Oh my God, congratulations. So I was training so much. Thank you. I was training so much for it. And like, especially on the weekends, like four and five hour training days that it was like, I don't have energy to drink. Like I can't be tired. It's not even worth having one drink to feel a little more tired tomorrow because I have to work out for five yeah. hours. Like it's not even worth it. So I think this whole year I've been drunk twice and I've had like three drinks like three or four times so I'm not like I don't know I don't really have any particular stance on it I have a long history of like alcoholism and addiction and on both sides of my family so I'm very cautious of my relationship with drinking but I'm not like oh I need to be sober or I don't I'm just kind of like I do not drink alone and I don't drink if I'm sad I drink to like with when I'm with people, if that's the social vibe and we all want to have a drink together, like I will. Yeah. But I'm not going to do it as a coping thing or by myself because I feel like that is where the slippery slope, you just like fall down it, you know? So I don't know. I don't have any particular stance, but I'm definitely more like I drink a lot less than the average 23 year old, I would say. And I'm more on the sober curious train than anything, which is crazy because I would never, I could have never thought I would be sober. But now after this year, like I've barely been drinking. So I'm like, oh, I probably could be sober and yep. like it would be fine. So I don't know. I have to think more about it probably. <laughs> well, I, yes, think, I think, yeah, you go. Drive I was just going to say like one big part of my experience and like kind of autumns just by default is like part of the reason I wanted to change the way I drank is because I couldn't live the life I wanted to live with the way I was drinking. And like I wanted to be working out a lot more, eating healthy not addicted to fucking nicotine 
And like, it's like, I wanted to have hobbies and have this podcast and be good at my actual corporate job. And it's like, all of those things just take up a lot of time. Like now, honestly, a big reason I don't drink is because I literally am like busy. I'm so busy all the time with really productive things that I love doing. And so that's like another, and I feel like that's kind of like Autumn's path to being sober curious was just that like your life got full of other things that didn't involve drinking. And so it was kind of naturally pushed out, which is like great. Yeah. Like I'm not going to make, I'm not going to go out of my way to make time to do it. But like, if I have the time, then I'll have, maybe I'll have a drink with people if it's convenient for me, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, sorry. Can't, I can't go to that 9am yoga class because I want to get hammered on Friday. Like I'm more like, Oh, I'd rather go to the 9am yoga class. Because I think that'll, in the long run, make me a happier person. And that's, it's so funny you guys say that because, and for everyone listening, yes, I do drink now. Very, very little. Half a white claw. Maybe. you If you want to find out all about it, wait for tomorrow, you'll hear their episode. Um, And you'll hear everything. But what I've noticed is, like, I get shitty sleep, even if I have, like, half a drink. And I've lost Mm -hmm. my weekend mornings. I used to have like the most, I had my yoga class on Saturday mornings that I would do. And I had my bar class on Sunday mornings that I do. And I've missed them the past few weeks. Cause I've just been like, I'm tired mm-hmm. and I've missed the farmer's market. And I'm like, shit, I'm like missing these things. I'm kind of like, Hmm, I don't know if this is like totally worth it, but mm-hmm. that's, I did ever, I never understood. <laughs> this is like stupid of me, but like, I didn't understand why my friends would like go out the night before the next day and be like, you want to do brunch? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why would you not want to do brunch? <laughs> I'm like, brunch is fucking amazing. What's wrong? Like I've been up for five hours now. What's going on? And they're like, no, I'm just rolling out of bed. <laughs> but I think that's a And also point. that's you having like one drink. Imagine you having like four, oh my five, 10. I don't know. I was having way more than four. Yeah. Oh yeah. That I like, exactly. That's, I'm not even having a full drink. Like I cannot imagine. And I think I remember, and I think it was your Millie episode where you guys talked about your mornings and how like important those mm-hmm. had become. And I thought that was so, such a fascinating and like positive take on it, which is so true. It is such a trade-off. No. Also, a baby perk is not having to lie to your doctor <laughs> about how much you drink. Like whenever we were in college and they were like, how much do you drink per week? I was like, probably like six drinks. But realistically, I was having like six drinks, like five nights a yeah. week. Yeah, I know. I was like <laughs> daily or like, is, I can't count the fucking week. I have no like, like I can count in like bottles of vodka. <laughs> I was looking at one podcast and they were like, light drinking for a woman is probably seven drinks a week. And I was like, that's kind of a lot, I feel like. Seven drinks. Now I think that, but me two, yeah. three years ago, I was like, seven drinks? Like that's so that's much one night for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A pregame. Well, you save a lot of money. That's a big thing. Save a yeah. lot you save so, so much money. Except now I'm like, I earned it because I'm not drinking. So now I spend in other <laughs> So I'm going to buy something. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, yeah. I can buy more things and like not worry because I didn't spend like $70 Ubering around to different bars. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Yes. I was going to make a TikTok about this. But like those nights where we would like go from USC to like Santa Monica to like a bar in WeHo and then back to USC yes. and my Uber bill was like $600. Like, <laughs> Yes. What were we doing? Like normal people, I feel like, I mean, I don't know, but from what I can tell about my friends that are still living in LA, you don't fucking do that. Like you don't do that much. No, you go to one bar. It's also like you, when you go to a bar, you're hanging out with your friend group. Like one bar, each bar is the same. Yeah. I don't understand why we change bar hop. Like each bar is the same. (laughs) We're only talking to the same 10 people. What's the difference? So (laughs) Just stay in someone's dorm. (laughs) We all make a big event out of this. No, I totally agree. I would I remember when I lived in I lived in New York for a summer and the drinks were like stupid expensive there. Like it was like $22 for a beer or something like ridiculous. Oh and I remember what I would do is when I'd go out with one of my friends, my roommate, I would like count how many drinks she had and I would like count that and then not to be like not to be like a mom to her, <laughs> but to be like, okay, she had whatever five drinks and each drink was $20. So that was about like a hundred dollars. So I saved a hundred dollars tonight. So what am I going to go spend a hundred dollars on? No, no, that's no. that's, that was my no, math. I have, I have to like trick myself into doing adult things, especially with 
like health things, like going to get a pap smear or like getting the COVID vaccine was really scary for me. So I had to be like, I get to buy myself this aloe yeah, yeah, yeah. if I go to get a pop smear. <laughs> like, no, have you seen that? There's a TikTok that's like, I subscribe to the little treat lifestyle. And it's like, every time I do something, I get a little treat. Like bad day, little treat. And that's how I feel all the fucking yes. time. Now that I don't drink, I'm like, little treats any point in time I'm fucking proud of myself like little treat little treat I have so many mine is like everyone's like berries is so expensive and my high horse comment back is always like it's cheaper than your drinks last night and it is (laughs) and so I go to berries all the time now and I'm like that I probably is cost the same as going out but I it's way fucking better for me and you love it yeah exactly no I I feel the same way like a lot of like Oh my God. Well, like, well, last week my dog had diarrhea. So I think I get a matcha today. Like that's (laughs) a little treat. Exactly. Right. Like that was really hard for me. (laughs) I tried to like trick myself into waking up at like six every day by being like, if I wake up at six, I get to buy myself a Starbucks. And now it's become that I buy a Starbucks every day to the point where I started craving coffee at like 9 PM, not because I'm tired, but because I want the sugar. I'm like, Oh, Fuck, I created a problem. <laughs> so now I'm having to like reverse and like only make coffee at home and only put almond milk in it because I'm like, those have like 30 to 40 grams of sugar in them. Like I probably need to take a break. <laughs> Were you waking up at six though? Um, Only half the time. Okay, yeah. But I still give myself a Starbucks every day. I'm like, I'm tired today. I have to go to the office. It's I hard. I need a Starbucks. No, I Totally agree with that. And then I'm like, wait, why don't I have any money? I know. I'm like, where did it go? Who took it? Call the bank. <laughs> Fraud. Do you recognize this? Expense? Oh my God. I lost my wallet, my driver's license, my passport. And then yesterday I thought I lost my birth certificate and my social security card. Oh my God. But I didn't. I have I those things. And I, whenever I told people I lost my wallet and my passport, everyone assumes it's like, blackout drinking kind of thing and I'm like no I'm just just an idiot idiot. well here's wait I actually noticed this last night because whatever I famously had a little bit of a drink and I again it's always famous it's famously I I left my jacket at the pregame I've never done that before I've never left anything and I never understood why people would be so dumb and leave their shit places like I just remember being in college people being like Oh my god! I left my credit card at the venue, and I'm like, "That's so dumb. Why would you get it?" And now, last night we were walking to the bar, and I'm like, "Oh my god! I left my jacket. Like, how did I do that?" I'm like, "Holy shit! This is so funny." Yeah, I was in LA and saw Bella, and Bella and I went abroad together, Bella Burke, and so she saw all of my shenanigans and. I'm like famously the one who would lose everything all the fucking time or like break my phone. Like every time we went out, I would like text. I had like a little, the little Louis Vuitton keychain wallet and like literally in hook your sisters up our like sorority page once a week, I'd be like, hi, has anyone seen it? And like the fucking president would be <laughs> they like, knew what you were talking in the about. mail room. Like, <laughs> so the other day, well, not the other day, the other oh, month I was like with Bella and I left my phone or something somewhere. And she was like, Oh my god! I thought it was because you were fucking drunk. You're just stupid. <laughs> this is just you as a person. <laughs> I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have fucking lost it anyway. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Such a good point. Yeah. So not losing your shit also benefit of drinking, but maybe you still but do I lose still your lose shit. My shit. So I'm like, dang it. But oh, it's way better. I will say it's way better. the problem is recovering okay i love to transition now um over to talking about relationships and like romantic relationships i get a lot of questions about those um i'm useless (laughs) when it comes to it you both have long-term relationships and i'd love to kind of like dive a little bit more into that however comfortable you're like however much you're open to sharing, but I'd love to like, just sort of start that off. How did both of your relationships start and like you meet your significant others, whatever? Well, we got into relationships at the same time because we are codependent <laughs> and we decided that we cannot both be, we one, one can't be no. <laughs> Literally our anniversaries are it's like a, a month apart. <laughs> <laughs> so we talk about even now, like if we broke up, I'm like, if, if Jordan and Kai broke up, 
I have to probably take like two months off from my relationship and we would have to go to like Paris together (laughs) to like both be like Oh, broken heart and then I would go back the boys know. Like, I don't know the boys are prepped we're like we're ta- if one of the relationships crumbles <laughs> the other one is taking a break <laughs> it's also really been cool because we started dating at the same time I think that we are our relationships are in sync like we yes there's like a lot of the big transition phases happen on certain like year marks or I don't know just certain life changes and so we get in a lot of the same arguments or similar arguments at similar times so we can like be each other's therapists and help each other through it and ironically enough we play opposite roles in each other's relationships like Jordan is more similar to my boyfriend and I'm more similar to her boyfriend so I like take her boyfriend's <laughs> side I'm like this is yeah, well, I understand where Kai's coming from because like if that were me blah blah, blah. And she's like I totally get where Sean's coming from like I really think that you're being a little like anxious <laughs> here and like just kind of overthinking it and so it's fun because we get to be each other's like therapists and help give each other a different point of view and we're not the type to be like oh fuck him like he fucking sucks like leave him because yeah. I just feel like that's toxic and not healthy or conducive to a long-term relationship so um I guess I, I met Sean in high school we didn't start dating in high school. Uh, he was best friends with my best friend, but we weren't like collectively a friend group. I always thought he was annoying <laughs> and irritating. <laughs> and he was always in love with me. So good combo. He was always the classic trope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, it like, so we started dating my, my sophomore year of college. He wanted to <laughs> go on dates and like start dating freshman year, but I was like, no, like he's a year younger. I was like, you need to go oh. to college and like be a whore. Yeah. Like you need to have your freshman year. I don't think that, what are we going to do? Long distance, your freshman year of college? Like, no, that's not going to work. You need, like, maybe we can go on dates next summer because we're from the same place. Obviously, maybe next summer we can go on a date. And um, yeah, then we started dating that next summer, actually. No way. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we've been together since then. So our four-year anniversary is actually... Um, today oh my god <laughs> or tomorrow congratulations and we're going um camping yeah we're going camping in Santa Barbara for it so yeah it's been it's been fun but hard and it's fun to go through it like with Jordan and <laughs> grow up together and like develop these relationships that like I don't know could be our families you know so oh my it's gosh cool. oh so cute <laughs> <laughs> this makes me happy people love like romance stories that are going well <laughs> exactly whatever (laughs) at this point in time it's going great so people are gonna love the story all right jordan you're up um (laughs) yeah so again my four-year anniversary is in june because we are inseparable (laughs) and so our anniversaries are like a couple months apart but i i knew kai because he well actually weirdly we're both from Kauai. And so I went to middle school with his little brother and was really close with his little brother, but didn't really know him because in a good way, he was not the creepy older guy who hung out with younger girls because those were the only older guys I knew. (laughs) And so I didn't actually know him back then, which is great. Um, But I knew his brother really well and then didn't see anything of him, went to college and he is actually my sister's fiance's best friend. So I met him through them (laughs) at school and he had also always had a crush on me and I had a mutual crush on him. But like a couple times I went to San Diego, I had a boyfriend and so like nothing happened. And my sister in the way that older sisters are can be a little bit of controlling in the most loving. (laughs) Did your sister go to USC? No, she went to USD. So I would go visit. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And in the best, most protective way, she was, you know, how they get. And so I was always yeah. scared. I was like, I'm not going to hook up with one of her friends. She's going to like literally murder me. So there's like this really <laughs> famous picture of me and Kai from like, I think it's like her graduation. No, not that one. Um, from my freshman year, New Year's. It was like New Year's in the middle of our freshman year. And we went, I went to this party and we like almost hooked up, but I think I had a boyfriend at the time or something, or like I had just gotten out of a relationship 
And so, yeah, but we like hung out the whole night and we fell asleep on top of each other. And so I have this picture from like before we were dating, like we didn't hook up and we're like, I have brunette, like full on brown hair. And I'm like, we're both just sleeping on each other. <laughs> and we're so sitting cute. on a couch because we like stayed up to like 4 a.m. We're like sitting, like leaning on each other this way. But anyway, then um, sophomore year, it was my sister's graduation and he got a little bit drunk and like confessed his love to me. And actually I was like, I can't do anything about this. My sister's going to be so angry. And then my sister and I got in a fight and <laughs> I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to add your friend back on Snapchat. And so I added him on Snapchat and then we started Snapchatting and he was, uh, had just graduated college. And so he was living in LA this that summer and it was the summer that I lived in LA. It was like our sophomore summer where a lot of people like stay. So I like subleased out of West and stayed. And that's like kind of how our relationship started is because we were both in LA. And so then it was long distance, but it was San Diego long distance. So that doesn't really count. And now we live together with our dog and it's been four years. Oh my gosh. This is so <laughs> exciting. This is so like... Jordan was so funny when they started dating too, because she was like going through like a, a breakup and was like scorned and she was like fuck man oh, you think you're in love wait till he cheats on you <laughs> wait just wait till he cheats on you <laughs> he's lying to you and so I was like what's happening I just was like in my what's well, this is always what happens I was like in my independent single lady phase yeah the I hate mentor like, yeah and yeah. then of course like that's the one that stuck and so he I was like I don't know like it's nothing serious and Autumn was like you're hanging out every single weekend and like text all the well long. then we went to Clifton's one night me you and Sean and there was this guy this like eligible bachelor who graduated from USC a few years ago and really was wanting to talk to Jordan and was being so cool and wasn't like I don't know you just cool to talk to had a good energy wanted to like dance on like the jazz floor with her and she's like no I can't and I was like why like you don't you don't like pie like you can dance with him and she's like no I can't and so we like shoot the guy away and I was like you like Kai like, yeah Autumn was like define this guy was like standing there and she was like define your relationship like if you don't like Kai then you dance with this dance guy with <laughs> and I was like leave this poor man out of it <laughs> like, like, why would you pop this guy up he's great like we, if we don't like Kai we don't like right Kai, don't men cheat on you like <laughs> so yeah so funny Oh, I love that. So I'm curious, like, do you feel, do, you guys have both been four-year relationships and kind of 23, 24, what, I don't know how old you guys are. Autumn said 23. Um, Jordan, it's a mystery, but. <laughs> like, also 23. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm fucking old then, but that's okay. Um, we, More babies too. I'm like, do you feel pressure being in long-term relationships at our age? And do you feel like, like I have friends who are kind of on like both, both ends of the spectrum of like, some people are like, Oh my gosh, I feel like there's like this pressure for me to like get married to my significant other. And if I'm dating them right now, that means I'm going to be dating them forever. And I have all this pressure or whatever. And then there's other people who are like, I feel like I have to be single right now because otherwise I'm never going to get a chance to be single. And what if I haven't gotten all out of my system and whatever. And I'm curious if either of you have felt any type of, pressure that comes associated with the expectations of being in a long-term relationship in your mid-20s yes yeah and if you don't want to talk about it we do not have to talk no, about it because I understand can. I we can talk about it I think we both feel that way like yeah I think there's a lot of weird like like I don't know it's scary that this person especially for me he's my only boyfriend and I'm like wow that's scary that I could just marry the first person I've ever dated but also on the other hand, of the other hand, and like I'm so happy and we've been together for so long that why would I even like consider anything else? Like, yeah, it's not, it's hard to, it's not like a lot of my friends have never had a relationship this long, and I'm like, okay, if I can, if I'm doing this, like we must be doing something right. So I think I we talked about OCD, and I definitely struggle with like relationship OCD, where yes. I like really, really hyper focus on the relationship at least in the beginning when I was more like insecurely attached, I've kind of developed a secure attachment, but it was like a long road. And so, um, yeah, I think that fear comes into my mind, but also I'm kind of like, I'm happy right now and I love it. So like, 
that's that. I, I made a rule where I would not get engaged before 25 because your brain's not developed until you're 25. <laughs> I and think so girls I is. want have a fully developed brain yeah. <laughs> before I make a decision like that. But I'm like, I don't know, like we navigate shit together. Like we solve problems well together. We've grown so much together that I like what we have. And even though sometimes that thought can come into my brain, it's not one that I hyper-focus on anymore. I think yeah. I used to more so than I do now. I like that. The like yeah. being the day to day. I think like, I mm-hmm. like it right now. So why would I stress about, it? about that? I, my boyfriend actually broke up with me for five days when um, COVID happened. And we were like having the breakup conversation in the car. Cause I was like, you can't be in my fucking room for this. Like, no, we're going in the car. And he was like, I'm just really scared. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want out of life. And like, I feel like, we're just so young. I'm going to graduate next year. We're going to move in together and then we're going to have babies and then we're going to get divorced and our kids are going to be growing up with no parents. And I was like, why are you, why are you thinking that? Oh, no. I was like, first of all, we're not getting engaged right now. And second of all, like, that's not even like, even if we did get divorced, our kids would still have parents. Yes. So, yeah, we, we didn't very die. Very future trippy. And so I think it's easy to get that way, but like any relationship, you can feel that way. Even when you're like 28, 29, 30, you could feel like future trippy about it. So it's like, ah, I'm happy now and things feel good. So I'm going to keep it going that way. Yeah. I think it's so easy on both sides, like you're saying, Jackie, to feel that like pull. And honestly, like, it's funny, my sister, all of her friends are getting engaged and like got engaged or like, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them are getting engaged and like married right out of college or like a few years out of college. But it is such a thing. And like, I really think, I think people ruin relationships earlier than needs to be ruined by future tripping or having expectations that like, you're young and everything should be this like explosive romance or it's not worth your time. And like, I absolutely love Kai and I love the life we built together. And like, I love our history but there have been so many doubts along the way, just because when you're in a long-term relationship, like it's stressful. And I think a lot of people feed into those doubts and then they lose like really amazing relationships. And I feel like, I don't know, with one of the things that I've like learned, especially living with Kai is like a relationship. If you think about like, you want to be with a person in your whole life, if you're monogamous and like, that's a long fucking time. Like a lot of the relationship is going to be about way more things than like what you think is important when you're 20. And so that's one of the things like, I mean, like I obviously so happy, love Kai, adore him. But like one of our strongest things is like our partnership and our, like Autumn was saying, like our ability to like, we want the same future. We want, we have similar values and we like can live together well in like, both like a physical and like like he's like the person I want by my side like in any situation and I think that is so much more important than like what people put pressure on in your 20s of like this just like sweep you off your feet explosive like it should constantly like you should never have doubts it should be really clear if you're gonna like waste your 20s in a relationship and so I feel like that's like just important to talk about. And like a lot of, I talk to a lot of people cause they, cause I feel like I'm young for living with someone. And so a lot of people our age, like ask me about it. Yeah. And I just think it's like the person that you're with for four years is going to be the person you're going to bicker with. So like, do you want to put in, continue putting in effort and have that person still in your life? Or are you going to let like stupid fights, like about nothing ruin it? Like, that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> And what Autumn is saying, like relationship OCD is a big thing. And I actually have recently learned more about it. And like the content and narrative that's out there is not helpful to relationship OCD and insecurity of like, if he wanted to, he would. And like, obviously, yes, have standards. If your boyfriend's a piece of shit, leave him. Like I have many (laughs) fucking piece of shit boyfriends. (laughs) But like, if he is good to you and you like know things are good and healthy for you, then like, don't let stupid shit like people's TikTok relationships get in your head or like the expectations of what a relationship should be when you're 20 get in your head because so many people do it and it just like ruins it. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. 
I feel like you always see people talking like, oh, the longer the engagement post, the shorter the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> the longer the caption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I kind of feel like I think people boast about it a lot. And that's fine if you're like happy and just want to. But I think it is really damaging to people who want a long term relationship when they think that all they get out there is what people um, are posting. Like Jordan said this before you're comparing your someone else's outsides to your inside when you're looking at like relationships or anyone on social media, like they're only showing you what they want to, like they're posting it because they know they fucking look cute and happy together. Like that's the point. Mm -hmm. And so, and you don't realize that sometimes people post a picture, but really that whole trip they were fighting and like, they don't talk about that. They just post the picture because they want it to look like they had a happy time. Ready for this? And so wait, you go, you go. uh, And then I'll say my example of posting a fake oh, no, say, I, honestly I was kind of like losing my I forgot what my end point was supposed to be so <laughs> I I had one but I forgot I it. remember I posted a picture with my like whatever he's gonna kill me if he hears this but whatever my <laughs> college ex-boyfriend where we was like us at invite and we looked unbelievable I was in like the best dress ever we looked so cute we were so happy whatever um and it was like such a cute post and it was like my most like picture up until that point or something. Uh, what I didn't include was like 20 minutes before he told me he would rather peel his toenails off one by one and eat them than go to invite with me. <laughs> 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 and then I dated him for about eight more months. Um- <laughs> See, that's an example of like, if your boyfriend's a piece of shit, break up with him. Like, <laughs> exactly. But if someone saw that post, they'd be like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. They're yeah. such a like adorable, happy couple. Wow, that must be so yeah. wonderful. Like you're like dragging him to even take <laughs> Exactly. I think something people don't talk about too is people think that like your relationship that you like shouldn't fight and shouldn't have problems or like, but realistically, you seek out people who like trigger relationship problems. Like, yeah. You seek out people who who Challenge trigger you. all the buttons that your parents drain like drilled into you. Yeah. Like you want that. You that's comforting to you. And so something that me and Sean kind of do now is like when we get in a fight, we're like, "What is this triggering for you? Like, what deep rooted self childhood trauma does this root itself back to?" Because like realistically, it's not like he didn't say anything major, but like I'm having this major reaction to it. And so mm-hmm. I think a long term relationship can be like the best like therapist. I like that in a way. And Mm -hmm. that's another fucking misconception that I hate and have told so many people is like this idea that you, if you are not like a whole and perfect human being, you can't be in a relationship. And like Mm -hmm. the amount that I and Kai have grown as individuals separate from our relationship in the boundaries of our relationship is insane. Like I have had the most personal growth in the past three months and I have probably my entire life, but also since we started dating till now. And so many people are like, well, I have this issue and I can't be with anyone until it's fixed. And like, yes, that can be the case and you can need to work on yourself. And you may like a relationship may be harder if you're not like in that solid place, but it also can be like a safe and secure support for you to be able to do that self growth and for you to be able to do that growing, especially in a time in your twenties when like everything is in flux and everything is fucking chaotic. Sometimes it's really nice. Like I was saying earlier to have that like rock of like, no matter what I like have this thing at home that like is stabilizing and like, I know what it's going to be and it's consistent. And like, that is very refreshing. And can be the best space to grow in. <laughs> yeah. Also, you're never going to be done growing. So if you're living by no. that logic, like I've got to be like <laughs> totally have it all together before I'm in a relationship, you're going to be wildly disappointed when you never have it all yeah. together. <laughs> well, and, and a relationship is going to challenge you no matter what. So like, even yeah. if you feel like you have it together hundred percent, the second you add someone else into the mix, you're going to have a whole new set of challenges that you're going to have to overcome either way. So it's like, it's still going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to ask kind of before we wrapped up is what the decision to live with a partner, if that makes sense. And I know Jordan, this really pertains to you because you do live with Kai, but Autumn, I'm sure (laughs) you have conversations with your boyfriend about it. Um, and what, like, what sort of leads to the decision of being like, oh, we're going to live together. Like now's the time that we should live together. Like, I don't, 
like I've never been anywhere close to that. So I can't even like fathom like having that conversation or whatever, but I'm curious, like when that transition point happens. I feel like my answer is probably easier than Autumn, so I'll go first. But mine was like (laughs) literally based on convenience alone. And like, I love him and I'm very happy we live together. But like, I, we didn't have like a beautiful, like, will you live with me moment? Like there was none of that. It was like, hey, I'm moving to Seattle. I don't want to do Seattle to San Diego long distance and neither do you. Like, how are we going to make this work? Do we have an exit strategy out of long distance? Like, and then we were like, okay, maybe I'll move to Seattle and we'll each get one bedroom. Cause I wanted a dog and I didn't want to live with anyone. Like I yeah. hate inconveniencing other people. And I knew a dog would be an inconvenience, but I personally wanted a dog. So I was like, knew I wanted to live alone ish. <laughs> and so that was my plan. So I was like, you can get a studio. And we were like planning all this shit out. And then we were like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I was like, what if we get like studios in the same building? And then that You're was like, kind of the like, moment that we were like, wait a second, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> So we got an apartment together. Um, So yeah, it was like convenience. And I think that can totally, there was like a little bit of disappointment in the beginning of like, oh, I wish we had that, like you took me out to dinner and like proposed living together to me. Like that would be a nice life stage moment. But I feel like a lot of times it doesn't come down to that. And it really does just come down to like, this makes the most sense for the life that we're living. And the other thing that he and I had that was lucky is that we quarantined together. So we like got a trial round for like six months of living together. And so we kind of like knew it wasn't like that big of a change, but it actually kind of was because we went from long distance to moving in together. So we like never lived in the same city apart we just like moved right in together so that was a big transition but I'll let Autumn give her thoughts yeah it's a weird thing we've definitely talked about it a lot and especially in this last like few months because we've just been gravitating towards hanging out like six or seven days a week and like both kind of neglecting our um like personal relationships outside of the relationship and it's also like a lot of it's because you got a dog. And so I want to be there. Like we have our little family. Yeah. It makes me so happy. But then I'm like, I need community. I need things like outside of this to continue to be happy. And so we were talking and I was like, I just feel like it would almost be easier if we lived together because I wouldn't feel like I had to hang out with you every weekend because I would be able to like hang out with friends on the weekend, but I would still be happy because I got to see you like five days a week. Yeah. And so for right now, we both want to like save money and buy something. So that's kind of like our goal, maybe like a year and a half or two years from now, we're going to move in together and like own that place. Wow. And so we made a schedule to hang out so that we can have like our specific, like separate time and like, you know, quality time. So, cause we were both just like, well, I want to hang out today. Like, why don't we? And then we were like never doing things with friends. And so, um, now like I go there Tuesday to Thursday. Cause also I work Tuesday to Thursday in the office and you can bring dogs. So I bring his dog buddy to work with me on those days so I stay with him on Tuesday to Thursday every other week and he'll come here for the weekend every other week so we still hang out for like three or four days a week but like we still have a weekend apart and like still have weekdays apart like intentional time apart to um, make sure that we're not neglecting everything else in our in our lives (laughs) and um, but yeah I think when my lease is up I'm gonna move with my parents to save money and probably like a year after that buy something and then we'll probably live together in like a year maybe two oh my gosh. ish that's so mm-hmm. exciting it's yeah I think it's not like a con- it's it's kind of a convenience thing but it's also like a, I want to hang out with you so much yeah but I also need to have dedicated time for friends and it's hard to balance when you don't live together and you both work full-time but yeah. I also will say that Kai and I are having that exact same problem living together <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's you, you have to navigate it no matter what because otherwise like then then the time that you're spending together is like errand time and like mm-hmm. grocery it gets it's like kind of the boring times yeah and so that's kind of like my tip to people who are wanting to move in together is like make romantic time a specific and differentiated thing but then also do your separate things so like make sure you're also intentionally getting out of the house and being apart from each other and like so that the only time you're hanging out isn't just like the time you go to Costco together because that can happen yeah. very easily. <laughs> and you're like, we see each other all the time, but it's like stupid time that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. 
You're like half bickering about whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's like yelling at me to put everything back at Costco because I just want to get everything. <laughs> it's hard there. Costco's a risky place. I understand why. It's really, yeah. he, and he is like so That's frugal, and I am just not. And I'm like, let's grab everything. And he's like, let's not fucking waste all of this food that you want to eat. Like, You're like, like it's two, there's like two of us. You're like, no, but I didn't drink this week. I don't drink. I have the extra money for a little treat. <laughs> we can spend so much. We have so many little treat coupons. <laughs> exactly oh you guys this was really wonderful and so special i'm like pissed you don't live in la i want to see you like go out now like i want (laughs) to hang out tonight but whatever i guess you have some places (laughs) but this was we can schedule we would i yeah we'll have to we'll have to do an in-person recording at some i would love to would Mm -hmm. love to like would love to do a weekend in san diego or something i'm like so unbelievably down you guys are Mm -hmm. so fantastic this was such a special day and i had such a great time thank you so much for coming on thank you thank you so much for having us did you laugh i didn't